In My Mug, episode 380, on Monday the 22nd of February, 2016. I am your host, Stephen Layton. Um, welcome to In My Mug. I am very ill, uh, but we're going to persevere on with the news. Yeah, so I am not well. I woke up early this morning with uh, what is suspected food poisoning, but I have to record this as I'm flying to Guatemala tomorrow. So, um powering and battling through um, to record two of these because of being in Guatemala. So you'll have to forgive me. I'm very sorry if I don't do a good job on the next two, but we have two amazing coffees coming up. Um, yeah, there's um, got a new range launching called Has Been Exclusive. Um, it's launching, it's actually launched already. Um, you can go and buy them on the website. Um, they're beautiful packaging. There's an image on the screen now of the packaging. Um, it really is beautiful, so, um, and also the coffee's beautiful as well. So these are very special selected lots that are super small um, and just one-off runs. So I hope you enjoy those. Um, uh, new cupping bowls. Uh, new cupping bowls are gone uh, on the site. Um, they're beautifully shaped and we're very, very happy with them and I'm sure you're going to be happy with them too. So if you want cupping bowls, we have them all on the site. And that was the news. So we should get on to focus on, and this week's focus on is on something that's very dear to my heart, which is the Rwandan coffee industry. So when most people think of Rwanda, they think immediately of the horrible genocide that took place like 19, 20 years ago now. Um, the left, some say 800,000, some say up to a million, but Fairly sure around about 10% of the population were killed in that genocide. Um, and the rest of the world didn't really do what it should do. And I, and I, I think, I, I certainly hope lots of lessons were learned from that. But the one thing that came out of it was um, Rwanda had a very dark history of, of, of coffee production. So the Belgians went in in 1930s and just planted rubbishy, low-quality, horrible coffee uh, just to supply the commodity market, uh, which meant that you know, Rwandan coffee prices never got very high. It was not very well um, received in the market. Uh, and whenever anybody said about Rwanda, they were just like, oof, that's the poorest quality you can get. Um, and that was up until after the genocide. So after the genocide, the, it also coincided with coffee prices going through the floor. So there was an awful lot of aid organisations that came in, USAID being one of the, the main sponsors of it, uh, went in and helped build washing stations and helped develop coffee and took it to the place where they ended up having the first ever cup of excellence in Africa, in Rwanda. And for this tiny coffee country, um, it's absolutely phenomenal. And, and they produce a lot less than they did back then, but the quality is a lot, lot better, as we're gonna find out in a few moments. Um, it really has created lots of jobs, it's created lots of added value, um, you know, the fact that they're doing their own processing and you know, the communities on their own washing stations and things like that has really helped for them to get more, um, more money. But it's also acted very much as a, a catalyst for uh, reconciliation. Um, so between the Hutus and the Tutsis, um, who in coffee you very often find working side by side and, um, and working together and putting aside their um, their differences and and um, it, it's it is really a success story. In fact, you know, obviously you never want anything bad like a genocide, but this really is um, something that was uh, a real success. 
Anyway, that was Focus On. So this coffee is from Kieri district in the eastern province of Rwanda, which is around about four hour drive from the capital city, uh, Kigali. Um, <clears throat> cherries are delivered to the station, uh, they're sorted. <clears throat> I was desperate to find out information about this coffee. We even found out what style of pulper they have, which is a three disc knockoff for all of you pulping geeks. Um, but then it goes through like a triple fermentation. So it has 12 hours wet and then they transfer it and like, take the water away and have a dry fermentation of 18 hours. And then it's soaked again in water for 24 hours um, to make sure all the mucilage is removed and taken away. Um, the parchment is then rinsed, um, sorted, placed on raised African uh, beds uh, and left to dry. Drying takes around about 20 days, which seems quite a long time, but then, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> sorry. Um, it's 20 days, which seems quite high, but then when you find out they turn it every 30 minutes uh, during the day uh, to keep the, the drying even, it means that it's going through that constant churn, which means it'll take longer for it to dry. Um, and I think adds to the uniqueness and, and the special part of this coffee. Um, they also cover it over during uh, extreme sunlight, um, so it doesn't get overexposed and, and dry too quickly. It's then moved from the mill uh, to Kigali for a dry mill uh, which basically sorts all the broken beans anything that's wrong with it gets taken away um, and then it's bagged um, and then it's uh, shipped out through Tan uh, Tanzania because uh, there is no port um, it is a landlocked country um, I was saying in the focus on about how uh, Rwanda produces less coffee than it did uh, before the genocide and it ran about half the amount uh, of before the genocide, genocide but it is so much better quality now um, they've really taken advantage of the help that was put forward from international aid organisations um, and it is really fantastic to see how much Rwandan coffee is coming on I think year on year it gets better and better um, and um, yeah the whole thing with the cup of excellence has been fantastic um, Rwanda is called the the uh, the country of a thousand hills, um, which basically uh, it just tells you how hilly and mountainous the whole range is. Um, it, it really is varying altitudes um, as you go through them all. Okay, we should go through the figures. So um, it's from Rwanda. It's from the eastern province, uh, which is the region it's from. The the district is called Kieri. Um, the mill is called Migongo Washing Station. Um, the altitude of the mill is 1,500 metres. You tend to find that that's the lowest point because everybody brings their crop down to the washing station. Um, there's around about 700 people that contributed to this lot. Um, it is a bourbon um, and it is a triple fermented, fully washed coffee. Um, and I think that's everything. So now it's time for what's going to be a vague map bit. We're in Africa for God's sake. Stafford but I'm really not in Stafford I'm actually in Guatemala but we'll pretend that that isn't a thing and we're going to go up 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 and instead of going across the Atlantic that we always do we're going south down south down south to Africa um, and in particular we're going to focus in on Rwanda um, tiny tiny country of Rwanda one of the few countries in Africa I've actually been able to visit um, now 
I do warn you, this is going to be very vague this week. But this is a good fact. Rwanda has a commodity cleaning commodity community cleaning day on the last Saturday of every month. Um, I've been there while that's happened, and they literally everybody has the morning off and they sweep and clean the streets. Everybody has to. It's the law, um, and that's why Rwanda's such a such a clean country. Um, but we're kind of zooming down here, and we're zooming down to the area of Karine. Um, and you can see there to the right the lakes and above the lake you've got this little mountain range that sits between where this week's coffee's from. So the lowest point of uh, Rwanda is the Ruzizi River at 950 metres and the highest point is the volcan Harasibima at 4,500 metres above sea level. No below sea level because, well, it's a landlocked country. That was a terrible map bit. I told you a vague map bit, I'm very, very sorry. But what won't be vague is Roland's Daft Fact of the Week. Flip-flops and carrier bags are illegal in Rwanda, so don't get carrying your flip-flops off the plane or in the carrier bag, otherwise they'll have them off you. That man taught the truth. Okay, it's time to whap you on pause, get tasting delicious drinks, be back with you in just a second. So I'm back. Uh, you may have seen me looking around earlier for the cupping bowls. These are the cupping bowls. Um, they're damn pretty. Damn pretty, and you should definitely buy some. They're a little thicker than the last ones. Just means they retain the heat a little better in them, and uh, I've been we tried a lot of different shapes and that was definitely our favourite, so... Oi, oi, oi! Wow. Um, <laughs> think lemon juice. Think, this is, this is kind of quite sad because it's the week after pancake day, but this is... lemon juice, like Jif lemon juice. It really is super citrus, like really in your face. Um, a little bit of a white sugar sweetness too, but um, yeah, that's too much for me as espresso. That is not my bag whatsoever. And again, through the milk, I find there's a little bit too much acidity for me. There's a little bit too much. Um, it's tart, um, and, and that's great, but it's like, I don't like my espressos like that. You might. I mean, I'm not saying this is a bad espresso. Just saying it's not an espresso for me. But this is where I love this coffee. I want you to think white grape. I want you to think lemon, again. But that grape is actually gives it more body. It's got more substance. And the white sugar sweetness really comes through in the brood. Like, that dilution, instead of the intensity, actually improves it. It's, it just opens it up. For me, not a great espresso, but a delicious brewed coffee. Okay. Uh, time to wrap up. Thank you very much for joining me, as always. And do remember, life is definitely too short for bad coffee and food poisoning.